people were already giving me shit. Like, oh my God, another fucking suicide attempt. Like, I'm like, motherfucker, like you're a professional and you're giving me shit for trying to, wanting to kill myself. Like, fuck you. Hey there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it. We certainly don't talk about it enough. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, we are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations, hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. I want to thank everybody who has joined me here on this podcast since we launched in the summer of 2020 and to everybody who listens. Thank you. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. And should you have an interest in getting more involved or participate in new ways, check the show notes. You will see some opportunities there that may pique your interest, including our membership, which is still relatively new. It comes with some perks, and we could use the support. Keep in mind, our main goal here is not only to have these kinds of conversations, but to have them so that more people in more places hopefully feel a little less shitty and a little less alone. One additional way you can do that right now, if you listen on Apple, is to rate and review this podcast. It really does help people find it. And as you know, we want more people to find it. And remember, we're talking about suicide on this podcast. We know it's not a good fit for everybody. So take that into account before as you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. Today, I'm talking with Craig. Craig lives in Rhode Island and he is a suicide attempt survivor. Hey, Craig. Hey, it's good to finally uh, meet you, Sean, and also put a face to you. Two thanks, man. All right, just fair warning, I'm in a shitty fucking mood, but it's not going to be directed at you. Honestly, same, so... All right, great. Good, good, yeah. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> By the way, what is behind you? I see it. It's skeleton? Yeah, it's um pentacle. I got a little two skeletons, yeah. <laughs> Those skeletons, I believe, are kissing. Yes, yeah. My my girlfriend likes it a lot. I I live with my girlfriend, so got it. Does she know about what that we're talking? Um, yeah, actually, she's the only person that I told. She's also one of the only people I know too. So, <laughs> Craig, by the way, where are you? I currently live in Rhode Island. I'm originally from Mass, though. I grew up there. I'm only a couple months into Rhode Island, so don't believe I've ever had a guest in Rhode, in Rhode Island. Island. Oh wow! Hey, wow! Yeah, I mean, I I listen to the podcast. I'm a fan, if you will. So, um, but yeah, it's just seeing where everyone comes from. It's it's astonishing, you know, not not yeah. just from the states, but just you know, having people from countries that they don't even teach us about here. You know, you have to be very active to try to find out about those places. Yeah, happening in schools. Yeah, yeah, geography nerds. You know. So you'd said that you you live with your girlfriend. Yes. And she, I imagine, is a pretty big part of your life. Yeah, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't have fam. I mean, I have, you know, my family members are alive and well, as far as I know. Um, but I am not close to them at all. Like a lot of people that you interview and everything, you know, um, yeah. dealing with this subject matter, um, whether it's suicide or just depression in general, the term black sheep is like, 
it's like a joke at this point, you know. <laughs> it, it could be another color to to express it's more than black. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, who's that guy? Yeah, you know, he's got long hair. He he's got those chi- those jeans, and uh, he's also the black sheep. You know, so it, it's just something that I'm just so used to hearing or thinking about. Or yeah, I believe there was a very popular television show called Orange Is the New Black. Never watched it. I'm not a big TV guy. A lot of people hearing this will will know it. Took place in a prison. I'm just saying, if orange is the new black and we embrace that, then you might be an orange sheep in Rhode Island. <laughs> I, I like colors. Colors are cool. All right. So Craig in Rhode Island. John Wellington from Suicide Noted. Yes, sir. So let's talk. You, uh, How many suicide attempts do you have? I fall under the category of I have no fucking clue at this point because it's just been such an abundant thing. You kind of lose track after so many hospitalizations and so many like just crazy shit. So multiple attempts, lost track, multiple hospitalizations, lost track. If I can really go back and think, probably first attempt. Yeah, I I mean, a pretty pretty typical time, I guess, for, um, you know, people like 13, 14. I'm unique, I think, in this kind of sense, because I don't, I am the oddball. I have never planned anything. Never. I've never written a note. I've never planned anything. It's always just been like, okay, now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's very, like, just zero or 100 for me. You know, it's Mm. like I'm operating, I'm living, I'm existing. X, Y, and Z happens. X ain't so bad. Y is super crazy. And Z is pretty bad. And then you're just by yourself or in public and you just start freaking out. <laughs> That's my history. You know, I, I'm a freaker outer. Yeah. And so you're saying when you say you freak out, those don't all lead to suicide attempts, I assume. Or those are, are those the attempts? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say those are the attempts. Um, I'm, I'm also, I have a, an extensive history with self-harm. I don't want to trigger nobody or nothing, but you know, I've got, I've gone to the extent where um, I probably should have gone to the hospital many times for certain um, self-injurious behavior, not just for admission, but like, holy shit, I should probably stitches or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm brutal when it comes to hurting myself. Beyond cutting, I, you know, there's been times where I've given myself concussions, okay, smacking my head against things and punching myself or this or that. Do you have any idea why you self-harm? Oh, yeah, because a lot of life sucks. And a lot of life we have or, you know, that we live, a lot of things are out of our control. I think I grew up in an environment up until 12. I was a very sickly child. I had, like, health problems, physical ones. Um, But the depression and everything really started around when my parents split, which, you know, is typical for a lot of people. My adolescence was extremely chaotic. I lived with my mom after my parents split. She just, you know, it was right at the time of 2008. So everything was crashing. Nobody, everyone was broke. Parents were together for 20 years. It was a brutal divorce. I mean, like, I feel like everyone to an extent has had some level of physical altercation, you know, whether it was like, you know, in adolescence or this or that. But, But I saw more fighting at home than I did ever like on a playground or with my friends or anything like that. Just between the parents or other people in the family? Everybody, everybody. I mean, my my parents would go fucking apeshit at each other and then one would storm off. 
I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but like, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I'm about to throw everyone. Sure. My mom is mainly like the parent that dealt most of the physical trauma, whereas my dad was more of the emotional. Ooh. Yeah. Do you think if we could somehow know this, that's slightly in the minority of? It tends to be the opposite. I don't know. We we, we assume (laughs) that, does it? I grew up in a fucking redneck town. So take every typical, like, you know, redneck dad standard, mm-hmm. you know, tough, no emotion, like watches Fox News all day. Like that, that was my mom. He's never told me this. You know, I've had siblings tell me this and I've had other people in my family kind of hint of it. But um, but I believe my, my dad's actually bisexual. And not that that means anything. You know, you can swing any way, shape or form and you can be whatever it is you are. But um, my dad is, like, super gentle. It kind of sucks that we don't have a relationship because, like, he's a great dude. But, like, when it comes to emotional anything, it's just, like, out the window. You know, he's such a sweet dude. He's super gentle. He's, he's just such a good person. But yeah. when it comes to emotional intensity, not just with me. I mean, n- none of my siblings talk to my dad. Not because of he's, again, not because he was, like, crazy or anything but just because any emotional problem he just didn't know how to handle so <laughs> he, he doesn't know how to communicate you know like at all you know how many how many siblings are we talking about i got an old my the oldest is my sister uh, i got an old brother i'm the middle child or second middle child and then i got a younger brother um we're all adults i'm 28 for reference mom was mom dad was dad and at 12 or 13 things change for you you try for the first time and there'll be many more. We're not going to get into each and every one, but I'm yeah. especially curious when there are multiple about the first and the most recent. So take us to the first one, if you would. The first one, I started to habitually cut. I would just be coming home from school or I'd even be at school. I'd go in the bathroom. And and this is, you know, like divorce doesn't happen overnight. Leading up to a divorce, sometimes it can take years. So my parents were unhappy with each other for like at least two or three years before the divorce. So like you're always walking on eggshells as a kid, you know what I mean? Naturally, because you're just new to the world, but then you go home where it's supposed to be hunky-dory or at least. Mm, that shit fucks you up, Craig. Yeah, yeah. So, like it, it gets in your system and I don't think it ever leaves. Nah, we'll eventually get to all the whole diagnosis stuff. But CPTSD or whatever, complex childhood, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, all the fun mumbo jumbo. So I would habitually cut, but it wouldn't be anything that would warrant, not psych, like I I mean physically, like I, I never lost consciousness or anything like that. But it was frequent enough, very much became my coping mechanism for any kind of stress. Again, at 12 years old, you you only know so much. So like any stress that you're having that's beyond just normal 12 year old stuff, you're kind of just like, oh, you're dumbfounded. You know, you don't know how to cope. That was my method of doing it. And what led me to the real first big one actually is after the divorce, seventh grade, I uh, was hanging out with a friend at my house. Super, super stupid. I, I mean, my mom is like, she's so fucking irrational, man. She should have been on some kind of something because she was in a state of psychosis for like years, it seemed. She came at me while I was hanging out with my friend. We're just playing video games. And she's like, she smacks me up like on the head because I I guess I was failing math or some stupid shit. And she was like pissed that she had to hire a tutor. She's freaking out at me. 
like saying I'm stupid, all this shit. She's like smacking me up the head all while my friends there, just dumb 13 year olds. We don't know anything. So he's like, I'm going to leave. And then he just leaves like, like right in the middle of her, like screaming at me. And then I started screaming at her and I was just like, are you serious? Like you just, not only did you just smack me in front of my friend, you, you drove him out of our house. He lives down the road. He's going to go tell his parents that like, yo, I'm not going to hang out with Craig anymore because his mom's fucking crazy. I was just like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know what I mean? And she snapped and she uh, grabbed me by the neck slammed me against the wall dry drywall i left a nice imprint my shoulder my back or something i kick her off i'm in a panic so i run out to our front porch and small porch two little pot plants on the on the edges i kick one because i'm just like fuck you know just so mad run back inside she's still just like foaming at the mouth barking at me um at this point i really don't know what to do so um i grabbed a knife out of the kitchen drawer ran out back of our um house or whatever i got this knife because i'm just like fuck man fuck 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 so i'm running through the woods i finally find a spot where i just like i'm like all right even if she runs out here she can't find me pull out the knife i start going to town on myself for me self-harm was like it it was almost like getting high you know what i mean like it it would be the equivalent of like smoking a joint or something it's definitely psychological you know i can't explain the the inner happenings of it but you would just sit there in this kind of absent-minded bliss so i'm just sitting there like under a tree super peaceful from the thing i just came from like 10 minutes ago you know i'm now listening to birds and like the sun's out it's like april so it's super beautiful you know and and i'm just sitting there with train track marks on my my arm and i'm just like in this just disassociated bliss probably an hour goes by i finally snap out of it there's been times in in past now but at that time there would be moments in my future where it was like oh my god like i am gonna bleed out if i don't fucking you know, (laughs) do something about this. But at this point, it wasn't like that. But like, I definitely, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm, I was, I'm losing blood basically. And I'm 14, 13. So I'm like, all right, like, I don't want to die, man. Like I'm fucking young. So I go back to the house. I'm still bleeding. You know, I got a ton of marks on my arm. We had a a back sliding um, door. I, I go through the, or I come back through that door. And my mom's just standing there with <laughs> with our fucking dare officer. Yeah, like <laughs> the guy that, you know, a year ago was like, if you smoke pot, not only are you going to hell. So he's sitting at my kitchen table with my mom. My mom's like crying and all this stuff. And then like the second I come in, I'm just like, what? And then whatever transpires, because I'm still like just losing my mind. I, I can't believe what, what took place. I can't believe what's happening. Like two other cops come in through my front mm-hmm. and I get fucking arrested for property damage for kicking over the, the pot on my front porch. I also got dangerous weapon, whatever, but because I had the knife on me from self-harming, they were like, oh, you tried to fucking, you were going to kill your mom or some shit. And I was like, no, she was trying to kill me and slamming me in walls and stuff. And I'm just like, over like sure whatever let's go to jail now (laughs) and and technically this isn't even like the first attempt or it's it's craziness obviously but what the what i consider the actual attempt is when i was in i actually didn't go to a psych ward right away like obviously once i was arrested they were like all right this kid's obviously fucking got some problems this and that because again i live in massachusetts it's like the squishiest fucking state in our country so would it be fair to say that in many ways, Massachusetts is 
very liberal or progressive. Our policies are. Yeah. I, I grew up with a lot of racism, a lot of Confederate right. flags flying. What was the real attempt then if that wasn't it? Like I said, I, for some reason, I didn't end up in a psych ward. They brought me to like this weird, like behavioral halfway house. Like I, I was chilling with people who were, um, you know, dual diagnosis. But then there was also people there who like other poor kids that just, you know, they grew up in poverty. So, you know, they're there because <laughs> the system, you know, that's their only option. So it's like it was weird. It was weird. And it wasn't there wasn't like psychiatrists. There wasn't therapists. It was all just kind of like volunteer kind of people, which in a way was cool because like, you know, I, I didn't feel weird around them. Like I didn't feel like I was like institutionalized. I kind of just felt felt like I got sent to this like weird house with all these like interesting people. That's how I kind of felt when I was in the hospital here. There were too many different kinds of people going through too many different kinds of things on one floor where I was, right? But by and large, yeah, the, the other patients were kind of it was kind of nice. Yeah. Everyone has shit to say about our, our mental health care yeah. system. <laughs> I, I spoke too soon. What what you just stated is a more accurate um, assessment of that. Because like, you know, for one awesome person in a psych ward, there's also like three that are like, all right, I need to avoid this person because if I don't, they're going to like hurt me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which again, you know, I get, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fucking straight white dude i i'm i'm nothing but angry you know what i mean so yeah so my first attempt was actually at this weird behavioral halfway house i tried hanging myself in my room because we all had our own rooms or whatever what is it they didn't do like 15 minute checks like they do in psych wards but they do like a i think it was like every like hour or so like during the night it wasn't super late like our bedtime was like at nine so this is probably like well because i'm also an insomniac i can't sleep i take medications without them i would not be able to sleep i was just up ruminating like okay what the fuck happened my mom tried to kill me i got arrested i'm now in this weird halfway house with people i've never met before they're being nicer to me than my own family they also come from places that people in my immediate area like bastardized you know mm. i was the only white kid there straight up you know like and i grew up in racist fucking massachusetts where people are totally cool with just wearing confederate flags like it's fucking 1865 or some bullshit you know so i'm just like what the fuck happened man like it, it just flipped me on my head because not only did i feel this huge sense of alienation from my family but I also felt this huge sense of relatability in, in, with the people there. And, and to this day, it fucks me up. And I'm actually really ashamed of where I come from. Fuck racism, fuck sexism, fuck all that shit. And like, but but that was nothing. That was everything that was my childhood. You know, my mom from day one was telling me if I'm not the fucking you know millionaire hotshot big guy, then I'm gonna live in a fucking box and no one's gonna love me. And then you also go to school and you got all your fucking stupid racist friends being like making like so many racist jokes. A lot of my anger stems from where I came from because right. again, going to this place and having such love from people who never met me before, you know, I'm the demographic that's putting them in jail, <laughs> fucking, you know, shooting them in the street just for fucking, you know, having a blinker out. Like I'm that demographic. I'm a straight white dude and I'm from fucking straight white racist America. I'm just so like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe this is happening. And I, I can't believe that this is taking place. So I'm thinking all this shit. 
I grabbed my belt and I literally, I had a fan in my room. So I tied the fucking thing, the belt and everything to the fan, got my little like desk chair that I had because we had desks in there too. And I tried to do the whole like, you know, suicide through fucking hanging thing. Obviously it didn't work because I'm here. Um, and honestly, it was a pretty pathetic attempt. I remember like dangling and just being like, oh, this ain't gonna fucking kill me. Like, <laughs> like I-, I need some industrial strength kind of shit. But that was the most like psychologically sitting in it. Most of my other attempts is just like something happened. I reacted and I did something stupid to myself. I want to go back for a second. Then I want to back forth, back forth. So you tried, did you fall off or someone find you? No, I was just dangling. It was so weak. I was like, this isn't going to do shit. All right. So you came down. Yeah. How long were you in that place for? About like two weeks or so. You go back home and you're 13 years old or whatever, 14 years old. Like how long are you there until you leave your house and like you're gone? So I started not staying at home probably around like 15 or so. I eventually moved out of my mom's house like at 16. I lived at various friends' houses and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I got the fuck out of there. (laughs) I was like, yo, I don't care if you birthed me. You suck. You're fucking crazy. I hate this town. I hate where I live. I want out of this. I just want out. Total little other side note. um, I found kinship and friends and family through music. You can see I have long hair and I have pentagrams on my wall. So I like guitars and stuff. You play guitar? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm a musician. I got drums and guitars all over back there. You play a lot often? Yeah. I'm trying to do the whole make music, do something with it. <laughs> I think a lot of people in their lives never find the one thing. It's crazy. Cause like, I've always wanted to do that even before all this craziness. But again, my mom just being such an erratic person. Hey mom, I want to play guitar. You'll never be good at that. You just... and I'm like, Oh shit. Truly no judgment. I'm just curious. Do you sure. finish high school? Yeah. Yeah. I finished high school. I don't know how slept and did drugs and you know, all this shit. Like I didn't, I did not pay attention at all. And I didn't want to pay attention. I kind of, I kind of knew that like our education was just bullshit. Again, at that point, I'd I'd experienced culture clash like in that little halfway house, and a lot earlier than a lot of people in, in my um in my youth. You know, I just didn't give a shit about school, man. You got uh, out of school. What what do you do? So you're 28 now, right? Correct. 18 to 28. How would you characterize those years? Where are you? What are you doing? Are you ideating a lot? How often are you are you trying? However you define that. Ideating is a constant thing. It's never stopped. I still ideate to this day. I mean, fuck, I was ideating earlier. Like work sucks, man. What do you do when you get out of high school until yeah, what are those 10 years like? Nomadic for a little bit, like a lot of late adolescents or young adults. I was trying to find why. I was just trying to find answers for for what had happened to me and why things happen the way they are. So I spent a lot of time living with friend to friend, sometimes homeless, you know, living in the car or whatever. I had jobs, but like it was never like I'm gonna, you know, get an apartment or a place with this. It was just like, all right, I need money for weed 
<laughs> and I need to put gas in my car. I, I mainly had part-time jobs and I was just focused on trying to find answers for what the fuck happened to me. So I indulged in substances, hippie drugs. You know, I did so much acid <laughs> and so much, so much hallucinogenics. Mm -hmm. I've never done cocaine. I've never done heroin. I'm not really a partier, honestly. I, I just was looking for answers. And again, we, we grow up in a culture where like, if you smoke weed, you're supposed to be like, like this guru, or at least that's how it was when I was growing up. You know, the, the one kid wearing a tool shirt knew like things you just didn't know. And, and, and you know, I dabbled in other like things too, like uh, spiritualism and stuff like that. No, no, no organize anything. I do not like religion. You know, I don't worship anything. I don't do nothing. I, I just think people are people and we live on a finite planet and people should be nice to each other. All right. That was a pretty good way to summarize those years. And you, you said you tried a bunch of times. You cut for a long time. I got to also clarify during all this, like, you know, hippie stuff. I'm also crying my eyes out all the time. I'm cutting myself. I'm hitting myself. Mm -hmm. I'm getting into fights with past friends. Verbal. Yeah, yeah. A lot, lot of attempts in this, you know, nomadic hippie right. area. Was it cutting or hanging? Was there a new method, another method? Hanging was the, the, the only time I ever tried hanging myself was that time. You try another way at some point? No, because that one time I was like, this isn't going to do it. You say you tried several times in the, in the years after. Other ways, yeah. It was never hanging. Mainly cutting. Sometimes, it, like I mentioned earlier, I would just repeatedly smack my head against stuff literally like the wall or mm -hmm. a table. hit myself you know fists and everything i've given myself so many concussions i can't that's another thing i can't count um i'm terrified of heights so i will never jump off anything i hate guns and i'm pretty sure legally i can't even get one because i'm so institutionalized that they won't give it to me which it's cool because I don't want it. <laughs> and and just to be clear here, I might cut this out of the podcast. I don't know. Is it always on the wrists or do you ever go somewhere else? It's all over. I mean, I got scars on my neck, scars on my legs, my chest. Do you said when you were 13, 14, you're like, I'm too young. I don't really want to die. Do you feel that way now? Yes and no. I mean, I, I think people with um, extreme depression and ideation i mean statistically it, well it is a fact like if you attempt suicide you are more likely to attempt suicide again why do you think that is well that's that's a weird stat though because it's implying that the reason for your second attempt is the first attempt but it's like no Mental the reason system sucks no but the reason for the <laughs> second attempt is the same reason for the first attempt so it's more not correlation over causation but i think it's a little bit of a bizarre Accurate, but not particularly telling stat. Let me leave it at that. Fair enough. You're almost like a mental health journalist. <laughs> Think in a way I'm trying to balance like reporting and advocacy, and it's a tricky balance. Yeah. Okay. Back to you, Craig. More or less, how many times have you been in an actual psych unit where you stayed at least one night? In between seven and 15, I'd say. Um, like I got approved for disability. I'm legally crazy. <laughs> what is so. the actual diagnosis? And it put crazy on there. It might as well, because it's like with, with the amount of diagnosis I've got, I have just as much of a clue as I did before I was ever diagnosed. Because, you know, you get smacked with everything. I've been yeah. bipolar. I've been bipolar 2. I've been schizophrenic. I've been schizoaffective. I've been borderline. I've been antisocial personality. I, I, everything. I, PTSD, you know, like everything. It, it feels so, like every doctor has a different 
diagnosis, but it's all bullshit. Like you, you look at the DSM five, it's the same little description you get when you Google it. So I'm like over here going crazy because my life sucks and I don't know why the fuck that all this crazy shit's happening in my life. And these people are like, oh, okay, well, you said this, so maybe it's that. I mean, I know like there's more DSMs now or whatever, but like, you know, I, that was actually, that actually happened. Like my psychiatrist many years ago, one of many psychiatrists, like got up to go to the bathroom during the, one of our meetings. And I like, I, I took the book and flipped it like the one she was looking at. And I'm just like, motherfucker, this is the exact same definition I read on Google, like on my way here. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's not even like a paragraph. It's just like two sentences. Have you ever gotten a diagnosis that you think might be accurate or was ever, ever, ever accurate? Or is it all just like, no way? Trauma. So PTSD, generalized anxiety and clinical depression, I think is just kind of accurate. Of all the stays in the hospital, did you ever have an experience that you can recall that was positive? Like I said earlier with the people, you know, that's where you get most of your therapy from is just talking to people who also just have no purpose <laughs> in that immediate setting. I, I've made a lot of friends through psych wards <laughs> and uh, outpatient programs and, and stuff like that. And are you on meds? You said you take meds to sleep. Yep. I, I take Seroquel antipsychotic and i take wellbutrin for depression and i'm not like advocating for anything but uh i also smoke marijuana like it's nobody's business when was, when was the last time that you tried to end your life and is that connected to you trying to find a podcast on suicide no trying to find you i mean i was just depressed at work monday like i don't want to be here the job i have now and honestly i hate to talk shit about it because like it's honestly like awesome compared to a lot of other jobs i've had but yeah you know man i i want to play guitar like i want to play drums you know i want to i want to play music i want to make people think and feel like i don't want to sit in a factory and and i work on a line but reality i'm just in my own little room messing around with little things and putting them together so it's it's better than a lot of other jobs i've had why did you move from massachusetts to rhode island recently so this actually ties into my last uh, attempt. Oh, in Massachusetts, from 2018 to 2022, I had my own apartment, and that was my first ever apartment that I had. COVID hit. I'm single, even with 40 plus hours. I mean, come on, this is America. Nobody makes mo- enough money unless you're yeah. making the money. So. I'm struggling, you know, I can barely make rent. I can barely buy food. COVID happens. I get a roommate because I just can't afford it. Funny, not funny, whatever you want to think about it. I used to work at a weed factory prior to this job and I had that job for three years. I lost my job at this marijuana factory that I had from 2018 to 2021 due to just stress and being alone. I mean, at this point in my life, I wasn't talking to anyone in my family. Mm -hmm. I, I still don't. I was going through bad relationship after bad relationship. Hang on. Hold up. Hold up. What are you, a player? Relationship after relationship after relationship? I think it's interesting. Not surprised. I just want clarification. My girlfriend says I'm cute, you know, so <laughs> I live it. If we're being real, that's the reason. Because, dude, I was not approachable. I, I was like, if you're a human, fuck you. Don't talk to me. My mom tried to fucking kill me. I, I haven't, I've had a shitty life. I don't want to talk to anybody. Play guitar and I got long hair or some stupid shit. I don't know. You know, I'm just existing. And these people are, <laughs> and, and again, when I say like unhealthy relationships, like your vibe attracts your tribe. So I'm walking around being like with middle fingers up to the world. 
So I'm attracting that, you know? So I'm having these relationships with people who just want to fucking just everything to just be leveled, you know, and it just, just destroy everything. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. relationships and, and, you know, you scientifically speaking, you model what you know. And my mom's super aggressive. These girls, you know, or whatever, the, these relationships I'm having always committed. I've never had like one night stand. Sex is gross. I think that's the first time anyone has outwardly said that on this podcast. I have my reasons to think that, but like, yeah, people don't, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> Hands to yourself. Take us through the COVID and what happens and then the attempt and then moving. Roommate gets in. Roommate has lots of issues, drug dependency, aggression. So we only last as long as we did. I'm surprised we last as long as we did. He couldn't keep a job. I was at this point, I had lost my job, gotten back on disability. So I was the only one in this, you know, one bedroom apartment who had a job or not a job, but had a source of income. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on disability, you don't make enough. I mean, you don't make enough to live. You make enough to pay rent. And then you have like $40 a week to spend on groceries. I'm like taking care of everything. We eventually get evicted. You know, he's just not pulling his weight. What led me to attempt, I, I haven't really habitually cut since 2021, you know, I, so it's been a long while for me. And even this attempt, I didn't cut, but I entered. And the reason why I call it an attempt is because I was so stressed out that like I was in a state of psychosis, you know, I was, I was stress induced psychosis. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I literally called the cops on myself. And I was like in a monotone voice, like, if you don't come here in like five minutes and bring me to a hospital, I'm going to fucking blow my brains out or some shit like that. I didn't even have a gun. You know, I, I was just fucking, I, I was so stressed out. I've never been evicted before. This person who I was living with was like basically bullying me, you know, sending me texts being like, you're a fucking blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, like you signed up for this. Why are you, whatever. So I try to admit myself. This is like, hospital rodeo number 13, 14. I don't even know. So at this point, I finally get to the hospital after, you know, the cops show up and I get taken away and all this stuff. And then I instantly snap out of it. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this again. I do not want to go to a fucking psych ward. And obviously, you know, not even in the psych ward yet. I'm just in like the suicide prevention room. It's just brick walls. And maybe you get a TV, maybe a window. Most of the time it's just brick. I wasn't even in that yet. People were already giving me shit. Like, oh my God, another fucking suicide attack. Like, I'm like, motherfucker, like you're a professional and you're giving me shit for trying to, wanting to kill myself. Like, fuck you. It's actually funny because this is the only time I was actually able to get out. I didn't go. Mm. It wasn't until the psychiatrist showed up and like started to evaluate, evaluate me where mm -hmm. I was like, all right, dude, look, like my roommate sucks. Like I'm getting evicted. I might owe like three plus grand because my roommate is irresponsible. I was just freaking out. Like, I don't, I don't, I haven't self-harmed. I haven't done anything. I didn't take anything. Like, I am just so fucking stressed out. And he actually heard me out. All right. Yeah. So why does that, how does that connect to moving to Rhode Island? I was going to be homeless again. I haven't owned a vehicle since um, I got this apartment because I had to sell my car to afford the apartment. So I started dating my girlfriend now at the beginning of 2021. In Massachusetts? In Massachusetts. How did you meet? From Tinder, the internet. So two, over two years then, two years or so. 
Yeah, and um, she's from Rhode Island. She grew up here. Yeah, so that is why I am currently living here. We um, got an apartment together. It just kind of worked out. Well, realistically, we, we didn't want to get an apartment together because we're both very kind of like emotionally responsible. We were like, okay, we've only been dating for like a little over a year. Like, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're everything. But like, I want this to work. So like, let, let's get our own places and see how it goes. But that was just out of the question. I couldn't fucking afford it. I, I was still on disability. Like, I, I tried to get a loan just for like three grand to throw down on a first, last or whatever. They were just like, you can't get a loan. You're on disability. <laughs> I'm just like, well, fuck. My girlfriend is amazing as a person she is she was like all right this is an extreme circumstance i mean she saw everything with me and my roommate so she was like she knew what i was dealing with you know what i mean so she was like all right we need to get you out of there we need to get you away from him getting our own places is just not it, it's just not feasible she just being the amazing person that she was was just like hey you know what i know we said that we didn't want to rush things or get move into a place but like if we don't do this, you're going to be out on the street. So I'm just like, okay, fine. So that's why I'm in Rhode Island. Okay, got it. I've got a few more questions. Ready? Here we go. Do you wish any of your prior suicide attempts had worked? Some days, yes. Some days, no. How many people in the world do you have to talk with about difficult things? Two. Who's the other one? My buddy Colin. My only real true friend. He, he just gets it. You know? Where is he? Uh, Massachusetts still. What is one thing you do that other people might view as kind of healthy that uh, you do to cope? I think I know the answer. Music. I mean, I'm not a quote unquote professional, but I I've written and recorded over a hundred songs. Who is your favorite band? System of Down, Devin Townsend. God, there's so many, man. And there's so, so many different reasons. Different, different. Um, okay. So for all the goths out there, typo negative. Are you more are you more intrigued or attracted to the lyrics or the music? Both. I do everything. Like I am a one man band. I do the vocals, I sing, I play guitar, bass, drums, mix it all. So that wow. is my lifeblood. Yeah, that's 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 me. That's where I want to exist all the time. I love the energy. It's and I'm sure lots of people who listen to this podcast share this thing, whether it's with extreme music or not, but it gets you out of your head. Yeah. What would be one thing you would say to somebody, not about suicide, by the way, this isn't about suicide, who wanted to learn a little bit more about music, maybe learn an instrument? What would be like the first piece of advice you might give? You can do it. It's not nearly as hard as you think. It's Music is not a competition. I can't stress that enough. Music is not a competition. If you get pleasure of playing one note and letting it ring out, that's all you need. Some other people need to play sweep arpeggios and stuff to get there. Wish I knew what that, wish I knew what that meant, but okay. <laughs> this is the weirdest question I'll ask today. No idea why I'm so intrigued by this. The belt that you used to attempt, do you still have it? Um, no, but I still have the same kind of belts. It's, it's mm. it like a uh, late two thousands, like union Bay. <laughs> it, it doesn't lock in. Like it's kind of, it's kind of just like a rope. <laughs> like it, it's not, like, there's no like, buckle or anything like that you just kind of tie it so yeah. any myths around any of this stuff you want to dispel and i know you probably have several especially when we branch out into other things around politics and religion but kind of keep Dude, it simple if you can this should have been like the whole podcast i know but that's a different <laughs> podcast our healthcare system is so screwed up you can meet and talk to so many professionals and still have no idea 
I'm talking to the suicide attempt survivors here. I'm not talking to anybody else. Sure. You can have the whole world against you. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is your sanity, your life, and your existence. Life sucks. Life's difficult. There's not a lot of things in life that I can say like, yeah, that's cool. You know what I mean? But we're here. Might as well make the best of it. That's really it. Is there a I myth? guess that's more of a statement. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't need a myth. I'm just wondering, is there a specific... No, I mean, there's some... Again, I think what I I'm know. trying to say is just like our mental health system is so fucked up. So if you get a diagnosis of depression, if you tell somebody, and if that somebody is like, well, I can't talk to you now because uh, what do you do? Fuck them. There's nothing wrong with you. You have a diagnosis. This is how I want to sum it up. I always give this analogy. Sure. Would your family abandon you if you had <laughs> asthma? Yours would. Probably. But most families, if your kid starts coughing and have a coughing fit, they're not going to kick you out of the house. Just the fact that depression is so stigmatized. Right. Because people say, well, even in 2023, I'm like, dude, fuck that. Uh, There's so, okay. So maybe maybe it's worse than it used to be. I don't even know. Maybe it's gotten worse. Mental health is like, it's corporate mental health. You know what I mean? It's designed to make you be able to show up to work and do what Uh, you got to do. And keep you on the clock because they don't want you because I had to fight and fight and fight to just get disability. Dude, you get like less than a grand a month. Uh, And and I know after especially listening to your podcast that it's not just here in America. It's all over the place. The myth I really want to dispel is that there's nothing wrong with us. There's not. We have an illness, but it's no different than if someone had asthma. It doesn't matter that people can't see it. It doesn't matter that most people don't know how to address it. Like a lot of people, I can only talk to one or two people about this. And even in that circum that that circle or or that, you know, conversational connection, there's still like hesitation. Have you lost people to suicide? I've lost so many friends to suicide and overdoses and stuff like that. And I'm only 28, man. Like I've been to more, not even official funerals, because none of my friends can afford that shit. I, I've been to more like ceremonial like wakes. Then I can fucking count, you know, like it, it's, it's horrible. How are you know? your fr- How are these people dying? Suicide. How many people have you lost to suicide? If you're having a hard time counting, that's, that's telling. I know a lot of dead people. It's interesting because obviously I've got some years on you, but I only know a couple people. You can tell just by after talking to me for an hour, I, I, I have very specific standards. So I only tend to associate with people. I mean, I guess you could call it an echo chamber, but like, I only like to hang out with people who get it. You know, I don't want to hang out with people that like, if I'm like depressed one day, they're going to be like, like, yeah, of course, of course. My buddy Colin, he gets it. If I'm depressed, he's just like, Hey man, you're not any different. I don't think of you any different. You know what I mean? So like, be more like Colin people, be more like Colin people. He's a great dude. He's a chemist and he's trying to like, you know, he's trying to help save the planet with science. There's one question that I always ask that I didn't ask. Are you making it to 30? Yeah. I mean, I got, I'm working on an album, man. I got 17 songs. Wow. I'm tracking right now. I mean, no one's waiting on it. (laughs) And there's no like studio that's, I mean, this is the studio, man. That's another myth. If you want to be a musician, just release it independently. Music business sucks. If I followed up with you in a year plus, you'd be around. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I I say probably because uh, I'm very uh, irrational. You know, I don't plan anything. Right. Yeah. It happened. 
my girlfriend could die, you know, like Colin could die or lose my hearing. Anything could happen that could send me into a spiral. But I'm hoping that I live because I want to fucking be around for my girlfriend. And I want to help people through music because music's helped me. So I want to stick around for that aspect. Honestly, making it to 30, I'm actually turning 29 like in three days or something. 368 or so days to go. Yeah, so I, I have a feeling I'll probably make it. Um, what else would you like to share? That Okay, total opposite of morbid. This is the hippie coming out. Love is the most important thing. Quantity is not nearly as important as quality. You know, I'll take having my lonely little world of just my girlfriend and my best friend who I never see and lives, you know, X amount of hours away from me. I will rather have that than a superficial family, a superficial group of coworkers or or any of that stuff that most people think they need to have. You got to love yourself. I mean, it's weird. Like I hear a lot of people on the podcast say like they don't love themselves. I I don't struggle with that. I I mean, maybe I'm a egotistical, crazy person, but I think I'm pretty cool. You know, I'm not an asshole and I don't like do anything. You know, I want everyone to succeed. I want everyone to be happy. I I was sold such a perfect image of how the world was when I was a kid. I want that world to actually be like that, you know, where everyone gets along and nobody's poor and nobody starts wars or anything like that. Or nobody gives people shit for feeling suicidal. I just want everyone to be okay, And I want everybody to understand the love that you do have in your life. Even if it's just you, that's so important and you have to hold on to that because if you don't, fuck man. But hey, I remember what I blanked out earlier on. I was going to say individual because we were joking about you being a mental health journalist and all this stuff. Journalist or advocate, where do I draw the line, right? Yeah. You are so essential. You are the person actually making change. It ain't politicians. It ain't fucking doctors. It's the people on the ground doing the work that eventually it trickles down to the people who can make change. You are providing a platform for people to just lay it all out there. Right, exactly. That's it. That's so beautiful, though. What you're doing is so beautiful. I mean, you're, you're doing what I ultimately want to do with music, you know, and I'm sure I can kind of speak for all the people that listen to this. I, we just appreciate the shit out of you, man. Stuff is just, it's, you can't talk about it. You can't talk about it. I mean, you can talk about it, but you got to get, you got to get lucky, right? There are therapists out there, for example. You just have to find the right therapist because they're out there. This is bullshit. I have to risk my license to have a real conversation. It's <laughs> their fault but I'm willing yeah. to do it. They're out there. That's like, you got to find that fucking person, but they're not, they're not easy to find. I had a really good therapist for many years, but um, he was amazing. He, he was a real person. So they are out there to anybody who's there. thinking about getting therapy and kind of hesitant. As much shit as I talk, do it, do the meds, you know, don't take everything that they give you. I was on lithium for so many years and that shit fucked me up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me up. Proceed with caution, but it's better than, as Colin says, raw dog in life. You don't want to do that. You don't want to just be wandering around going crazy all the time. You can't because if you, you're not going to live. Right. And if we've learned one thing from all of this, we can both agree. Just listen to Colin. That's all you got to do. He's, he, yeah. He's, he's, he knows what's up, man. You know, find your Colin. Play your music, my friend, and I will, uh, I'll touch base with you soon. John, take it easy, man. Thank you so much for everything you do, and enjoy your night. Thanks, man. You too. Take care. Take it easy, bud. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Craig up in Rhode Island. Thank you, Craig. 
If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at SuicideNoted. Check the show notes for all kinds of other ways you can get involved and participate, including our membership. It's got some perks and we could use the support. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate Suicide Noted. It helps people find this podcast. And we really do want more people to find it. Remember, our main goal, help people feel a little less shitty and a little less alone. We appreciate your support. Really, we do. And that is all for episode number 165. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.